Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It is a special edition of Take Two today. It is August 10th. President Biden has been in town, uh, some of his undersecretaries as well. We're honored to be joined today by, by Dr. Sharif El-Nahal, uh, one of the undersecretaries for Veterans Affairs. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So I understand it's your one-year anniversary of the job, one-year anniversary of the PACT Act, so you've probably had a fairly busy year. It's been a fantastic year, and yes, very busy. Uh, the president has charged us with expanding more care and more benefits to more veterans than ever before, and the PACT Act allows us to do that, specifically for veterans who are exposed to toxic substances during their service. So for the post-9-11 vets, it's burn pits. For the Vietnam vets, it's Agent Orange, and a lot more. We know this was something that um, was dear to the president's heart. It's something that a lot of other families deal with. Here in Utah, we have a lot of service members who are dealing with um, some of these ill effects. And it sounds to me like over the years, it's been hard to prove what your problem is, get the help you need. Is the PACT Act drastically changing that? That's exactly what the PACT Act does. It removes the burden of proof on being exposed to these toxic substances and really calls out every area of deployment into what we call Central Command, which is Iraq and Afghanistan, but many surrounding countries as well. And we say that if you were deployed to these areas, we presume that you were exposed to toxic burn pits. And if you end up developing any of the conditions, which include a lot of lung conditions, but also a lot of cancers, uh, then and, and meant much more, then we presume that that's connected to your service, which allows us to give you more care and more benefits than we were able to before. Now that people have had time to sign up, it sounds like the deadline has been extended. Why did that need to happen? Were people just not able to get the paperwork filled out on time? You wanted to give the opportunity for more people? Or why the extension? We've been working closely with my colleague, the Undersecretary for Benefits, uh, Josh Jacobs, and uh, between him and the call centers and the websites, our Office of Information and Technology, we've been receiving more demand in these last couple of days leading up to the deadline uh, for applications for new benefits, veterans uh, trying to register their intent to file. And so for a brief period of time, uh, our systems were overloaded and veterans were getting error messages. So what we've done is a couple things. Every single veteran who got an error message on the website, we actually captured those veterans and know who they are. And so a series of efforts are going to be undertaken to reach out to them directly to tell them that their intent to file was actually registered and successful. For the veterans who tried to call and couldn't get through, we actually were able to extend the deadline for a few days to Monday night, midnight Eastern time. Uh, so make sure that folks in Utah register Eastern time, which means 10 p.m. here is the last time you can sign up. But we extended the deadline to give every better veteran the benefit of the doubt and the opportunity to file to have their claims backdated to August 10th of last year. Do you have any idea of numbers at this point of how many in the last year since the PACT Act has passed of veterans who've come forward looking for this kind of help and services? 
Absolutely. More than 800,000 veterans and survivors have filed for claims under the PACT Act, which is really tremendous. It's ahead of our projections for veterans who we thought would be applying for these benefits. On top of that, we've been able to enroll more than 100,000 additional veterans into our system for VA health care from the population of vets who we thought would qualify for the PACT Act. So these are folks who may be directly benefiting from the PACT Act already enrolled in our system uh, since October 1st of last year. We've also done more than 2,000 outreach events, and we've also screened more than 4 million veterans for toxic exposures who are already within our system so that we can better inform their care and also send them information about how to increase their benefits with us as well. It's good news that they're getting help. Is it concerning how many there are that need help, though? Well, we've known that a lot of veterans have needed help for these uh, toxic substances. And so uh, for the first time, we've really been uh, conducting an outreach effort that is intended to increase the number of veterans getting our care. The mantra, in fact, that the secretary and the president have set for us is more care and more benefits to more veterans than ever. And so people should not be concerned about the accessibility of our system. We're doing everything we can to expand our capacity. So we've hired more than 43,000 new employees into our system since October 1st of last year. This is just the healthcare system. We've also uh, really tried to increase our clinical space with 31 new leases for more offices for veterans to come in and receive care. And we've also increased the telehealth appointments and the virtual care options that veterans can get. So vets should not be concerned about the accessibility of our system. We're doing everything we can to expand that. I know the wait list can be frustrating sometimes when some of the vets are trying to get help. Here in Utah, I understand that we have some more money that we're going to be opening more clinics. How quickly will that happen that we see that availability? So the most important thing for vets to know is that we're trying to open up space as close to them as possible, but they're not always able to get to one of our facilities, especially rural veterans and highly rural Mm -hmm. veterans. So part of our system is that we actually pay for care in the community when a veteran's drive time is above a certain limit and when they have to wait for care above a certain time period. So for primary care and mental health, that's 20 days. For specialty care, that's 28 days. And if we can't meet those timeliness standards, we do offer community care for private sector partners and we pay for that care. Uh, In Utah, we do have a lot of rural areas where I'm sure a lot of our service members are. um, We have great hospitals, um, two different systems that have... um, hospitals that are highly ranked in the hospital system, but you said that Salt Lake's VA is now ranked amongst those hospitals. Explain exactly what that means. So the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services ranks hospitals on quality of inpatient care in a five-star rating. And I'm proud to report that the Salt Lake City VA Medical Center is four out of five stars. That's one of the top two ratings, very difficult to get, comparable with some of the best healthcare systems right here in Utah. And so veterans should know that we're being compared directly with our private sector partners for the first time. The Salt Lake City VA has scored very well on that scale. And also 67% of VA medical centers across the country are meeting either four or five stars compared to only about 41% of private sector hospitals. So the quality of our care, we're really proud of it. I know your focus on this trip has been the PACT Act, but when we talk about a lot of the veterans' services and help that's needed in recent years, uh, veteran suicides are skyrocketing. We're also realizing there's a large component of mental health where after they see and go through some of these difficult things while they're in war zones in other countries that they really need a lot of mental health so they can uh, reintegrate into society with their families for work. What kind of need are you seeing for this? 
Well, our data shows that 17 veterans per day on average die by suicide. And as the president said earlier today, one veteran is too many who dies by suicide. It's a public health crisis. It's something we're focused on every day, and it's my top clinical priority. And so we're addressing that in a couple of ways. The first is to make our crisis care much more accessible. And so we launched 988 Press 1 last year to make an easy-to-remember crisis line number for veterans if they need it. We're also expanding our community coalitions. So let's repeat that one more time because the new suicide line is 988, and this is something beyond 988? It's 988 Press 1. Press 1. If you press 1, you go directly to the Veterans Crisis Line, which the VA manages, and overwhelmingly a veteran or a caregiver or survivors on the other end, and a trained professional is there to help you through that crisis. So 988 Press 1. Um, An important and valuable resource, because I'm sure that the needs they have are more specific to their service. Um, Have you already seen an uptick in people using this now that it's a simpler number to remember? Absolutely. We've seen a significant uptick this time this year over this time last year, uh, and certainly over and above before 988 was implemented last summer. And so to me, that's a good thing. We want to make sure that any veteran in crisis has access to the crisis line. And chances are a lot of vets who are in crisis did not know the number or did not know that we had the crisis line available to them. So again, if you're in crisis or you know a veteran is in crisis, please dial 988 press 1. I know stigma is a problem not just for vets, but anyone seeking mental health care, and I would assume even more so for veterans who serve because they've got this tough guy, tough girl persona. You know, they do hard things, and people expect that they can do more hard things. Is it tough getting them to realize that they might need help and that there is help out there for them? Yeah, I'll just echo what the president said earlier about this, which is that mental health is health care. Mental health is not something different. It's not a sign of weakness. In fact, the veterans who go through traumatic experiences during their service, uh, whether it's toxic substances or by the very nature of war fighting, come home with trauma. If they go through mental health care, they're stronger for it. And they're frankly a model for the rest of us who may have mental health conditions and don't feel feel comfortable coming forward. VA has more mental health care professionals than any other health care in the system in the country by far. We also have the best mental health care because of the mental health conditions that veterans come home with. Please seek out mental health care if you need it. We are here for you. Is there anything else you'd want veterans to know if they were listening right now and saying, you know what, I need help. I've been frustrated over the years, but I'm ready to figure it out right now. If you're a veteran listening to this and you're not getting VA health care, please know that our doors are open to you. VA may not have treated you well in the past. You may have been denied for benefits in the past, or you otherwise may not trust VA because of what you've heard from battle buddies or otherwise. Please give us a chance. We have to earn your trust. We know that we can be there for you and provide you with world-class care. Please give us a chance, and uh, if you can, apply for PACT Act benefits, especially in the next four days, because your benefits can be backdated for an entire year if you qualify for it. And again, this legislation opens many more doors that never existed before to get into our system. Please take advantage of it. What happens if uh, people don't make that deadline? Are they kind of out of luck on this kind of help? They're not. In fact, the deadline is just to have your benefits backdated to last year. You can still apply for PACT Act benefits anytime. So if you happen to get to it next Wednesday, you're past the deadline of backdating it, but you can still get access to VA health care. You can still get access to compensation, disability benefits, education, whatever it is that you might need. And that includes for survivors as well. Uh, Former spouses, caregivers, loved ones of uh, veterans who may have passed away also could qualify for benefits. So please do register and file your intent to file. 
One other problem that I know that you're not directly linked to, but you hear right now that there's um, trouble trying to get people to enlist and uh, want military as a career. Do you think that um, helping with health care and making sure that veterans feel like they're being served and that they have the help there will help in the long run with helping uh, make sure that our ranks are filled? Absolutely. You know, it, it is our sacred obligation, as the president says to provide the care and benefits that veterans deserve when they come home and equip them when they go fight for us abroad. Uh, And so if we have, and if veterans are confident that the care that they are getting is world-class, that the benefits they are getting match the sacrifice that they've made for us, then more people will enlist and join the military. And that's of course in our national interest. So it is very much a national security issue that we continue to build and fortify the VA. And that's exactly one of the reasons why we are doing this. Very good. Tell me a little bit before we go, I know you're on a tight schedule, about why you're doing what you're doing. You were obviously uh, nominated by the president, but what were you doing before you started this important work? I was running a hospital that was very important to the city of Newark in New Jersey. It was the city hospital. Uh, It was the safety net hospital. It was the level one trauma center. And that hospital was in a pretty bad place when I started. And I worked with the team and worked with the front line to improve it. And so I know how to take medical centers that aren't necessarily doing the job for every patient and make them better. I'm trying to establish that across the country. The good news is that the Salt Lake City VA is already very high performing. We have to learn from Salt Lake City and spread those best practices across the country. And that's exactly why I visit both our high performing facilities and the facilities that need help. Please try to get your care here. It is an incredible place uh, led by an incredible leader, Dr. Angela Williams. Uh, She is here for all of you as well as her whole team. One last question before we let you go. I know that you've probably met a lot of um, veterans and service members as you're doing this work in the last year. Anyone who uh, has kind of changed the way you think or how you feel or changed your life? Talking to veterans is the most important part of my job, and it's the part of my job I enjoy most. And uh, I recall a veteran I met in Coatesville, Pennsylvania recently at a roundtable who had PTSD, uh, came home and really couldn't function, really couldn't get any sleep, uh, had very difficult uh, times with his relationships, and didn't get care for 30 years because of the stigma. Wow. He wouldn't admit it, and he wouldn't admit it to himself that he needed care. And it took a couple of his battle buddies to encourage him to finally get care. And after he got care with one of our mental health providers in the VA, it changed his life. He's now able to have a stable life, a stable job. Please get the mental health care you need if you need it, if any veteran is listening to this. Such an important message, and hopefully people will be seeking out that health care if they haven't before, if they've been dragging their feet or felt like there was a reason why they shouldn't take care of themselves first. So such an important message. Dr. Elnahal, I can't spit that out correctly. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, hopefully you'll join us again next time if you come with the president. Thanks so much again Thank for you. Me.